Act Four of Iphigenia by Jean Racine, translated by Robert Bruce Boswell. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene One: Eriphil Doris. How say you? What strange madness makes you envy Iphigenia's lot? Within an hour she perishes. Yet never, so you tell me, were you more jealous of her happiness. Who could believe it? Where is heart so wild? My mouth has never uttered a word more true. Never has her felicity so moved my anxious soul with envious unrest. Such danger were delight. But hope is vain. Did you not see her triumph? His concern? I saw and shunned tokens I could not doubt. This hero, terrible to all besides, who knows no tears but those he makes to flow, who steeled himself from infancy against them, and who, if rumor tells a tale of truth, sucked the fierce blood of lions and of bears. For her sake learns the language of alarm. Yes, she has seen him weep, his cheek turn pale, yet Doris pities her. What dire misfortune would I not suffer might those tears be shed for me? <gasps> Though I were doomed to die like her within an hour. Die? <sighs> Nay, believe it not. Think you Achilles is an idle dreamer that, fearing for her safety, he will spare his boldest efforts to achieve her rescue? No. You shall find this oracle was spoken but to enhance his glory and my torment, to leave her fairer in his eyes than ever. See you not all that in her favor works. The fatal sentence has been kept a secret. And though the funeral pyre be now prepared, the victim's name is still unknown. The camp remains in ignorance. This silence, Doris, cannot but indicate a wavering purpose. What will he do? Has he a heart of iron to bear the attack of their combined entreaties, a, a mother's anger and a daughter's tears cries of despair from all his family? his own affection ready to relent, nor least Achilles' threats that never fell but to o'erwhelm. No, tis in vain that heaven condemns her. Misery is mine alone forever. If I followed my own impulse. What's in your mind? I know not what restrains my anger from revealing all the truth divulging straight away what the gods have threatened, and publishing abroad the guilty plots laid to dishonor them and cheat their altars. Oh, what a thought! What joy if it were done! How would the Trojan temple smoke with incense if, in revenge for my captivity, I could arm Agamemnon against Achilles and Troy forgotten, make them turn the sword wedded for her destruction on each other, and Greece 
embroiled in civil strife by me, be sacrificed to save my countrymen. <gasps> I hear a sound. I think the queen approaches. Madam, compose your spirits or retire. Let us go in and think how best my rage that heaven sanctions may confound this marriage. Scene 2. Clytemnestra, Aegina. It breaks my heart to see her, dear Aegina. She sheds no tears, nor trembles for her life, but all her care is to excuse her father and to persuade me to respect the hand that slays her. Oh, what filial constancy! <laughs> he, in return for love so tender, chides delay and soon will ask of me the reason, still hoping to conceal his treachery. He comes. Let me not taunt him with injustice, but see if he persists in his deceit. Scene 3. Agamemnon, Clytemnestra, Aegina. What do you hear? Where is your daughter, madam? How is she not with you, as I expected? Why waits she? Did not Arcas bring my orders to send her? Is it you who keep her back? Do you resist my reasonable wishes? And, save by you conducted, can she not approach the altar? Speak! If she must go, my child is ready. But have you, my lord, no reason for delay? I, madam? Have you forgotten not? The altar is prepared, and Calhous by its side, all as it should be. My lord, you do not tell me of the victim. What mean you, madam? Why should your concern? Scene 4. Agamemnon, Clytemnestra, Iphigenia, Aegina. Come, daughter, come. They only wait for thee. Come, thank a father who so loves his child that he himself will lead her to the altar. What do I see and hear? Why weeps my daughter with downcast eyes, as if ashamed to meet mine own? What troubles thee? Thy mother, too, is weeping. Arcas has betrayed me. Father, cease to be anxious. Thou art not betrayed. What thou commandest shall by me be done. Thy will it is to take the life thou gavest. I know it, and all subterfuge is vain with heart no less submissive and content than when the bridegroom of thy choice I hailed. Will I, if need be, an obedient victim, offer a guiltless head to Calchas's knife? And, since it is thy will, with due respect yield the existence that I owe to thee. But if this dutiful obedience seem to merit in thine eyes some recompense, if thou hast pity for a mother's tears— let me be bold to say that, young and happy, I well might find life sweet enough to make me wish that it should not be snatched away, that cruel fate had not so soon cut short the thread of which so little has been spun. I, Agamemnon's daughter, it was I who called thee first by the dear name of father, and I, in whom so long your eyes delighted have made thee thank the gods that name was thine. 
how often hast thou lavished fond caresses on me nor scorned as weakness love so tender ah oh, with what pleasure did i make thee tell of countries that await thy conquering arm and arguing thy triumph over troy i was already in my mind preparing glad welcome home i little thought my blood would be the first that thou wouldst have to shed it is not dread of this impending blow that makes me call past kindness to thy mind fear not my heart is jealous of thine honour nor will i make my father blush to own me and had i only to defend my life i never would have raised fond recollections but well thou knowest how on my sad lot a lover's and a mother's happiness depend a prince worthy to be thy son trusted this day would light for him the torch of hymen and relying on my heart and on thy promise deemed it one of joy he knows thy purpose judge of his alarm look on my mother and behold her tears forgive these efforts to prevent the grief that i shall cost them if i die my daughter too true it is i know not for what crime the anger of the gods demands a victim but they have named thee and an oracle dooms thee to death upon an altar here to guard thy life from this their murderous sentence my love forestalled thy prayers i will not say how often i resisted never doubt that love to which thou hast thyself borne witness this very night as thou perchance hast heard i had revoked the order i was forced to write and o'er the general good of greece thou didst prevail for thee i sacrificed my rank my safety arcas from the camp went to forbid thine entrance heaven forbade your meeting and frustrated my last hope of saving one condemned by its decree rely not then upon my feeble power what can avail to check a rebel army when heaven has given us up to their blind zeal and frees them from a yoke that they resent we must submit my child thine hour is come bethink thee of thy royal rank and nurture alas i need the counsel that i give the death-stroke that awaits thee will no less strike me then show thee worthy of thy birth and put to shame the gods who have condemned thee go let the greeks who to thy sacrifice consent see in thy blood that shall be shed mine own <sighs> fit offspring of a fatal stock thine is the blood of atreus and thyestes thy daughter's murderer <laughs> there but remains one horror more to serve her as a feast before her mother savage this is then the gladsome sacrifice thou wast preparing with artful care did not thy hand refuse the infamy of writing a command so cruel why dost thou pretend to feel a false distress think not that tears can prove a love that shrinks from bold defence in arms 
why has not blood been shed for her in torrents what wreck and ruin tell of thy resistance what field with corpses covered seals my mouth proofs such as these i would have had thee bring me of thine affection and desire to save her <laughs> a fatal oracle ordains her death <sighs> but what an oracle may seem to say not always is its meaning can just heaven thirst for the blood of innocence or be honoured by murder <laughs> if for helen's crime her kin are punished for her daughter sent to sparta so let menelaus ransom the wife whose frailty in his eyes seems small matched with her charms but surely it is madness to make thyself the victim for her sin and why should i smiting upon my breast with my own flesh and blood pay for her folly does helen then for whom such jealous fires were kindled curse of europe and of asia seem worthy of thine efforts to regain her <laughs> how often have we blushed to speak her name ere to his woe thy brother linked his fate with hers she had been carried off by theseus who as thou knowest and hast heard from calchas a thousand times clandestinely unloosed her virgin zone and pledge of that amour a princess of her blood has been by her kept in concealment <laughs> but a brother's honour is the least cause of thy solicitude that lust of empire nothing can extinguish the pride of seeing twenty monarchs serve and fear thee empire to thine hands confided <laughs> these are the gods who claimed this sacrifice from thee who far from offering resistance dost make a barbarous merit of submission jealous of power that can excite their envy thou dost not grudge to pay a heavy price from thine own veins that so thou mayest quell all opposition to thy sovereign sway is this to be a father outraged nature revolts at this perfidious cruelty a priest surrounded by a brutal crowd will on my child lay hands of violence rent her bared bosom and with curious eye for omens search her palpitating heart while i who brought her hither proud and happy must needs go back alone and in despair <sighs> still will the ways be scented with the flowers that neath her feet were scattered as we came it shall not be that to her doom i brought her or thou wilt have to add my death to hers ay thou shalt never tear her from these arms while life is mine no fears can shake my purpose ruthless alike as husband and as father come if thou darest snatch her from the breast that nursed her go within again my child and for the last time heed thy mother's voice scene five agamemnon such frenzied outburst might have been expected these are the cries of anger that i feared and i were happy if my harassed soul had nothing worse to dread than idle clamour alas great gods who have imposed this task why were the feelings of a father left me scene six 
Agamemnon, Achilles. My lord, a strange report has reached mine ears, which I am slow to credit. It is said, and tis with horror I repeat the tale, this day Iphigenia is to die by thy command, that, stifling every instinct of pity, thou wilt give her up to Calchas, and that the maiden whom I thought to wed shall be by me conducted to the altar a victim, not a bride. So vile a part assigned to me, deceived as well as she by a mock marriage. What am I to think? Wilt thou not silence such offensive rumours? I am not bound, my lord, to give account of my designs. My daughter knows not yet my sovereign will. When she shall be informed, thou too shalt learn what all the host shall hear. Too well I know what fate thou dost reserve for her. If known to thee, why ask it then? Why ask? Oh, heavens, am I to believe thou darest to confess to so foul a crime? Dost think I will abet thy villainy, and let thee slay thy child before my face, forgetful of my faith, my love, mine honour? But thou, who thus assailest me with threats, dost thou forget to whom thou speakest here? Thou hast forgotten that it is thy daughter whom thou dost wrong, and whom I love. Who gave thee charge of my family? Art thou her husband, to question my disposal of my daughter? Am I no more her father? May she not? She is no longer thine. Vain promises shall not deceive me. While a drop of blood flows in my veins, her life is linked to mine. I will protect my rights based on thine oaths. Was not for me that thou didst summon her? Blame then the gods who ask her at my hands. Accuse the prophet Calhus, the whole army, Ulysses, Menelius, most thyself myself ay dost thou not complain to heaven daily for checking thee in thy desire to conquer asia wast thou not offended at my just fears making thy fury fill the camp i showed thee how she might be saved but thou canst think of nothing else than troy i would have closed the course thou fain wouldst run go have thy wish her death will open it before thee how ye gods can i endure this language that adds taunts to perjury i at the cost of her dear life to wish to leave this shore what has troy done to me what is my interest in her destruction deaf to the warnings of a goddess mother nor heeding a distracted father's voice why should i seek the death so oft predicted as there my doom 
no ships e'er left scamander to plunder and lay waste the salian fields no soft seducer to larissa came to carry off my sister or my wife what private grudge have i what loss sustained tis but for thee barbarian that i go though i alone of all the greeks to thee owe nothing and by my voice thou wast made their chief and mine did not mine arm avenge thee in lesbos ere thou hadst this host assembled and with what purpose are we gathered here but to restore his wife to menelaus how long have i been thought so chicken-hearted as to let any snatch away from me the bride i love is then thy brother's right to punish such an outrage his alone thy daughter pleased me i essayed to win her favour and my vows of love were paid only to her the prospect of our bliss made me pledge all to her nothing to him ships soldiers arms let him if so he will recover helen seek the victory my blood must purchase priam paris helen i know them not i wished thy daughter's hand and sail not else fly then to thessaly return lo i release thee from thine oath of others more submissive i shall find no lack to wear the laurels promised thee to force the fates to grant their arms success and see the day of ilium's overthrow thy scornful speech tells me how dear a price for thy proud succour i shall have to pay self-constituted arbiter of greece thou fain wouldst leave me but an empty name vaunting thy valour thou wouldst claim the lead and make all greece cringe to thy sovereign will a benefit that serves as ground for censure is an offence less care i for thy valour than for obedience fly thy feeble anger i fear not and i snap all ties between us be thankful for the single tie that holds my wrath in check iphigenia's father i still respect haply without that name great as thy power may be such bold defiance were thy last utterance hear but one word i have thy daughter and my fame alike to guard if her thou art resolved to slay thy sword must through this body carve its way scene seven agamemnon thus is it made impossible to save her my child unaided had more power to move me his saucy love that thinks to make me tremble will speed the stroke that he would fain prevent no more demur defy his violence my honour is at stake and turns the scale achilles threats settle my wavering heart pity would seem the consequence of fear ho guards 
advance. Scene 8. Agamemnon, Eurybates, Guards. My lord. Agamemnon, aside. What shall I do? How can I give them orders so inhuman? For what fierce conflict must I make me ready? Who is this foe whom they are to arrest? A mother waits, intrepid, to defend her offspring from a father bent on slaughter. My troops, then I less cruel, will respect the daughter of their king clasped in her arms. Achilles utters scornful threats. Does that lessen my daughter's dutiful submission? Has she been eager to escape the altar, or cried in terror at the stroke I wished to deal her? Why such wish, this impious zeal? What can it gain by sacrificing her? However glorious be the prize proposed, what bays can please me, watered with her blood? I wish to move the almighty powers of heaven. What gods can be more cruel than myself? I cannot do it. No, a father's love shall conquer, and compassion raise no longer a blush of shame. Yes, she shall live. But what? Shall proud Achilles trample on mine honor? His arrogant presumption, so puffed up, will think he made me tremble, made me yield. Vain cares perplex my mind. Can I not bring the haughty spirit of Achilles low? Let my child be a sight to vex his eyes. He loves her. He shall see her wed another. To Eurybates. Go, call the princess and the queen, and say that they have naught to fear. Scene 9. Agamemnon, Guards. Great gods, if still determined to bereave me of my child, before your hatred what can mortals do? My love I know that fain would rescue her, but weighs her down. But such a costly victim is worth a second summons to obey, the harsh injunction that on me ye lay. Scene 10. Agamemnon, Clytemnestra, Iphigenia, Eryphil, Eurybates, Doris, Guards. Go, madam, go, be careful of her life. I give you back your child, a sacred trust. Hasten her steps far from this dangerous place. Arcus shall be your escort with my guards. His happy indiscretion I will pardon. All hangs on secrecy and quick dispatch. As yet no word have Calhus or Ulysses spoken. Beware they hear not of this flight. Let no one see your daughter. All the camp must think I keep her still and send you home alone. Now speed you hence, may heaven content, with tears already shed, withhold her long from my sad eyes. To his guards, follow the queen. My lord, father. Let Calhus, thirsting for her blood, be foiled, delay not, 
and to mask your flight i will beguile him with some feigned excuse i'll cause the fatal rites to be suspended claiming a respite till this day be ended scene eleven eraphil doris follow me doris our way lies not there go you not with them at <laughs> last i yield achilles loves her thought that burns like fire i will not carry hence the useless rage i hesitate no more i must destroy her or die myself come caucus shall know all end of act four